Hello, everyone. Welcome to Well Well. My name is Jarrell. And I'm Rachel. Nice to see. I was going to say see you, but I'm <laughs> actually seeing you. Nice to have you with us again. That's nice. Fair. Nice to be heard by you, I guess. There we go. That's perfect. Right. Right. Um, so we're glad that you joined us for another episode of Well Well. Today, we wanted to do something a little different. We wanted to talk a bit more about our own journeys with wellness because it's something that we you know invite our clients to talk about and it's obviously uh, a part of all of our work in terms of you know our website and blog and um, all the things we do on social media so we wanted to open up a bigger conversation about our own experiences with wellness and share a little bit more with respect to that yeah, we want to make sure that, you know, we're playing fair and we're not just asking other people to be vulnerable about what they're struggling with and what they're really proud of. And we want you to know that, you know, we know a little bit about what we're talking about professionally. We went to school for this, but also personally, you know, we're therapists, but we're also real people who wellness is a huge priority for us. And we want to I was trying to really avoid the cliche of like, you know, practicing what we preach or walk the walk. I don't know where that cliche, mm -hmm. that just felt really awkward to say. I don't talk like that normally, right. um, but in showing that like we too care about how we take care of ourselves and that wellness looks different on everyone. And I think listening to us talk, you'll know that that's very true. Jarrell and my wellness journeys are not the same at all. Right. So, Jarrell, why don't you start? I'm nominating you. Tell us, mm -hmm. and I say us, even though I kind of know, but like tell the audience a little bit about what wellness means to you and how you practice wellness and what like a typical day in a wellness lifestyle looks like for you. Ah, interesting. Um, so I guess when I, when I think about wellness, I definitely think about it from a, a pretty holistic perspective. Um, I've never been someone who's, uh, and I don't come from a family who's like highly athletic. Um, and so for me, like the physical aspect of wellness is really just about basic movement and making sure that my body is sort of moving, um, that I have this sort of like, I don't know, standard kind of activity level that keeps me from feeling rusty like the tin man from the wizard of oz um and did he need a heart he needed the heart or the brain the scarecrow needed the brain the tin man needed the heart he needed the heart okay yes. Side note. anyway <laughs> um so i don't come from a family who is like highly athletic so for me the physical part of wellness is really about movement and you know, making sure that I'm not continuing to be stiff because um, that happens more as you get older and um, and really trying to be mindful about the things that I put in my body as well. So in terms of nutrition um, and managing that. Uh, and so on a day to day basis, you know, there's I don't know, I think there's a lot of variability in the things that I might do on a day-to-day -day basis to take care of my wellness. Some days are a bit more physically active than others. Sometimes they, they are a lot less active um, physically because, you know, I'm at the office all day or something like that and it's hard to like be moving around. Um, so yeah, I think 
I try to always be mindful about the things I'm consuming. I try and always be mindful and aware of how I'm feeling. And I think that that's something I talk to a lot of my clients about is just making sure to check in with myself to know um, both how I'm feeling emotionally and physically uh, and checking with myself as often as possible so that I can make any adjustments I need to feel better. You know, so if I'm feeling frustrated about something, not letting myself kind of stew in that all day and ask myself, oh, well, what can I, what can I do now to kind of alleviate some of this feeling so that it's a bit more manageable? Is it, is it possible to solve it? Is it not? And, um, and then try and do those things as quickly as possible. And the same thing with like physicality as well is like, if I'm, if I've been sitting for too long, um, making sure that I'm getting up and that I'm stretching or, um, that I take a little break to have playtime with Nomi or all these other sort of things to just trying to switch up my energy if I need that extra little boost. Um, yeah, so it's, I don't know, it's, it looks very different depending on the day, but uh, I think my biggest thing is that I always try and be mindful about where I'm at at any given moment as much as possible. Yeah, I actually think that in my, you know, not really biased opinion, since obviously I know you, but the two biggest helpful takeaways from what you think wellness is, is the idea of that it doesn't have to be focused on, um, I guess, movement doesn't need to be what people usually think of in terms of movement as like going to a particular exercise class or anything like that, because it's, it's okay if that isn't for you. And I think what happens with a lot of people is that they try it and they're mm -hmm. like, I, like, okay, it's fine. Like once in a while, whatever. But then they say, okay, well then I guess I do nothing. Right. Like, it's like mold of what like exercise and movement is, doesn't work for me. And so therefore I do nothing. And that's clearly problematic for a lot of, for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. And it also just, I would assume would make somebody feel really frustrated to feel, to constantly hear the message of, exercise is good. Movement is good. You have to move. Oh, but there's only this limited way to do it and you don't like it. So I guess, well, you know, suffer. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'll be honest, that's something that I've, I think in the past have been challenged by because there is this expectation. I mean, especially, you know, for relatively young men and men in the city, like there's a lot of good looking people here. There's a lot of people who have like these sort of like sculpted kind of bodies and I've never been that guy. And so there is that pressure, I think, to do all those, to do the things that leave you looking like that. And that that was never like, you know, growing up, that just wasn't uh, something that was in my sphere. I was always a lot more like cerebral and creative and so thinking about like just going to the gym to like lift weights or do whatever certain class or whatever doesn't naturally fit with me. Now, that's not to say that I don't like those things. I, I like them in small doses. <laughs> um, and but I think there is a lot of pressure to say like, you know, oh, if you want to be fit or if you want to be active or if you want to move, then it should look these these kinds of ways. And I think that does discourage a lot of people because if you, you know, if I get up and go to like a boxing class, for instance, and everyone there looks like a monster, 
in the good way. And, you know, I'm feeling not as strong or I'm feeling self-conscious about my body or just being in a place in which people are kind of like looking at me, then it's really discouraging to try and go back to that place if I don't feel like I was successful. And so for me, I think, you know, this goes broader for me, but it's really about trying to figure out what works for me and what I actually feel is accessible, no matter what other people are saying. Yeah. And I think that that's a really important message because I, I, I did an Instagram post on this Friday because I go to, I take a soul cycle class every week. And I just remember thinking about that, like the stereotype sometimes is real that mm-hmm. you go into a workout class or a particular studio and, you know, people are dressed a certain way. People look mm-hmm. a certain way. There are definitely people when I've gone to classes that put way more makeup on than I would ever think mm-hmm. in my entire life to wear to a workout class. Right. And if it works for them, great. Like whatever makes it fun for you. But I think that gets perpetuated and people really roll with that. And that's what you see on social media. And that's what you see quote unquote influencers doing. Mm-hmm. And it makes you think that that's how it has to be. Right. And, you know, exercise is hard. So it should really be harder. And especially if you feel like you don't fit, Mm. it's really hard to do new things anyway, but it's especially true if you feel like you don't belong there. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's okay to say this isn't for me. And I appreciate that you are open with that. It's not, it doesn't have to, movement does not have to look like, you know, going to, I don't know, you you said the thing about everybody looking like monsters and I'm picturing Barry's boot camp for some reason, even though I've never mm-hmm. boot camp class, but right, right. it doesn't have to be that. It can be right, just right. like, you know, walking around the block or it can be getting off the train a stop sooner. Or just if you're somebody who lives in a city like New York and just likes to wander around sometimes, like that's still movement. And I think the other like really important takeaway is that a lot of people, myself included, focus on wellness around a common goal. Mm-hmm. And then it's like whatever, you know, you need to do to achieve a goal within yourself. And that's kind of how you base wellness. But you are very much like, no, this is about how I feel. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I and I know that, and you know, having adopting a dog um, has also helped me be a lot more conscious of that. Um, like I enjoy walking and and sort of doing things like that to kind of take care of myself. But, you know, I've, I, and you know, this obviously, but like I had a back slash hip something injury several years ago. Hold on. Can you please share how you got this back? (laughs) Like, let's not go. So I was playing in the snow in Central Park as a grown person and hurt my back. Um, This was what, five, six, seven years ago that this happened? And this is a lingering back injury from Snowplay. It, I don't know if, it, I don't know what year it actually was. It was a while ago. We can't have nice things. This is right. like, hurt even playing in the snow. <laughs> I was wearing the wrong footwear, trying to be cute. I mean, I have a very cute picture from that day, so I felt good about that. But <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. Um, no, but like, you know, so I had this like, injury and it wasn't ever really extreme for the most part there would be times where it flared up um if i sort of like tweaked it as people say but i became what's one thing i realized is that once i got know me and i was walking several times throughout the day i was like oh actually this helps a great deal 
you know, because I don't know, on any given day, I might be walking from one to two hours um, just for her. And, and so it's been really interesting to kind of see how that's impacted that injury um, and how often I don't feel stiff anymore just by nature of doing that every day. And so then if, if I do something else in addition to that, you know, if I consciously walk to, um, you know, some sort of event or, uh, you know, uh, get off the train um, a stop earlier, a stop or two earlier, or don't take the train when I can actually walk. Um, and I've just noticed how that's made a really big difference in terms of how I feel. And to me, that uh, anything wellness goes back to that is like, how am I feeling? Um, you know, I think that many men think about their bodies in particular ways, and we suffer with some of the same or similar challenges as women do in terms of pressures nowadays. And, you know, sure, would I like to, like, have, wear a pant size that's, like, two inches smaller? Yeah, absolutely. Would I like to be able to wear certain things and they look a little different? Of course. But at the end of the day, what's most important to me is how I'm feeling, both physically and emotionally. Because if I don't feel good, I know that I can't be there for the people who need me. And that's both, you know, personally and professionally. And I also want to just feel good for myself because I deserve that. Yeah. And what's funny is that it sounds so simple, but a lot of us really overlook it. If you focus it on how you feel, you also ward off any health issues. Mm -hmm. It may not come up if you're too active or over or not active enough, like you'll feel the difference. And I feel like your approach to it is something that everyone, myself included, could take away from a little bit to say, you know, go with how you're feeling and make any adjustments as necessary rather than, you know, setting a weight loss goal or setting, you know, a steps goal, because that's what everybody does with the fitness trackers now. Mm -hmm. And you just go based on how you feel. If you feel like you need to be more active, you are. If you feel like you need to be less active, you are. If you went to a doctor and they were like, oh my God, you're dying, please walk more than you would. Right, right. And it's a low pressure way to still take care of yourself I feel like yeah well and I and that's just like my philosophy in general is just that there's so much pressure like from everywhere Um, and sometimes it's not even intentional pressure obviously you have like societal kind of like standards and that that sort of thing but like even from the pressure just exists by nature of like living in relation to other people like you have insecurities, you have things that other people are good at and you're naturally going to be like, oh, well, I wish I could do that. Or like, I want to look like that or I want to be like that. And, you know, there's enough pressure in the world. And so if I can, that's like, I mean, maybe that's a part of my wellness journey too, is taking pressure off of myself intentionally. Like I don't need to be like the next person, you know, on the subway. I don't need to, um, do x y and z in order to feel valuable like that's that's not that's not okay with me and so i always try and focus on how i'm feeling um so i don't know that being said i feel like i've talked for a long time (laughs) i actually want to say like that is kind of a very interesting transition that like i will talk now yeah um because not in comparison to somebody else on the train but i feel like a lot of my 
wellness is about pressure in a mm -hmm. positive way. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a nice transition. Way to go. We didn't even plan that. Right. So, so tell us. So tell yeah. us about your, I guess, day to day kind of experience and where that comes from. Oh yeah, this is a interesting week to ask me this. Right. <laughs> so. I have, oh, I am the total opposite. You know, Jarrell mm -hmm. had mentioned that he did not grow up in a house where people were active. So my mother's water broke on a Stairmaster. <laughs> so that is where I grew up in a house where yeah. healthy was always kind of a way of life. I, when I was two, called McDonald's the yuck place, which like now as an adult, I'm kind of pretty grateful for because it, it is the yuck place. Even if you <laughs> like it, it's still really not great for you generally. It's like not the best quality food. Sure. But so I was always active. The rule in my house was you don't have to do something in particular, but you have to do something. Mm -hmm. So... I tried everything for real, like literally everything. And I was not good at a lot of things. I'm not actually a naturally athletic person um, in terms of like, you know, if I pick up a ball, it's not going well. I like I <laughs> sports with like tools, which is ironic because what I eventually did really like was martial arts. But although anytime I had to pick up some type of weapon, it went really awry. My instructor at one point like had to tape my hand to a thing so I would just hold it the right way which was a little bit me being stubborn, but I digress. But so that was kind of what I did growing up and then moved to New York for grad school and, you know, kept in shape with like workout classes and stuff like that, just because not being active wasn't really a thing I'd ever done. But I was definitely missing something like karate really provided me a chance to feel competitive with myself and to challenge myself and to feel like I was accomplishing something. And so very long story short, I've been a chronic pain patient for most of my life. And I was always told I couldn't run. So, but I always really liked being at finish lines of races. Like my mom is a runner as well. And so I'd always go to her races and I just really enjoyed that whole atmosphere. But it was always one of those things where I was like, man, this sucks. Like I can't do this. It's still fun. But one year I really struggled with pain um, before I found like kind of a routine that worked better. And it was just hard. I couldn't do anything. Like I couldn't, it wasn't even that, oh, I was overexerting myself. It was like, it hurt to sit at a restaurant. So my, you know, wonderful logic, which in retrospect, it was wonderful, but at the time probably didn't make much sense was that if I was going to be in pain anyway, like I was going to do all the things I wanted to do, mm -hmm. like not doing them wasn't helpful. So I said I was going to run a half marathon. And at the time it was kind of a one-time thing to prove that I could and that did not last in terms of like, my and, <laughs> and you drank the Kool-Aid and it was yeah. a wrap yes um, yeah so two marathons and soon to be next week 26 half marathons later plus lots of many small races in between there mm -hmm. um I am definitely a obsessed runner which really dictates this is like the very long version to say that that really dictates what my wellness looks like on a day-to-day -day basis and it's funny mm -hmm. because there were so many things that I was always told would help with my pain levels but I couldn't wrap my head around like oh do these exercises so you, so you can sit down like no I, mm -hmm. I can't like I'm not gonna do these strengthening exercises so I'm just so I can sit at a table which isn't logical but 
as anyone who manages chronic pain or chronic illness will tell you, a lot of it is the mental struggle. And that was definitely one of mine. But now when I do it in a sense of like, oh, do these things and it'll make you a stronger runner, I'm all on board. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my day-to-day, a lot of, most of, 90 mm-hmm. My day-to-day is focused on that. And I'm going to do a disclaimer and say, like, it doesn't have to be the case. If you are a runner and you want to complete races, even as long as marathons, I it is just something that I choose to take very seriously. And I choose to set goals for myself that require that. Um, so meals are planned around that. Um, I'm getting better at this, hopefully. But rest days and like plans and when I need to sit down and when I need to be moving or scheduled around that. So it's definitely very different than what you described. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the thing that's really like, I guess just by witnessing your, your own journey with like running it, for instance, is that I, because I, I guess I know more of the details about what you do on a day-to-day basis. It, it does seem like your your focus is based on like building strength and like ability right so like you want to uh be more capable feel stronger run faster feel better while running and and afterwards um and it just and i think that so much of what i think is missing from the discourse a lot of times about like wellness and like fitness is like people don't often talk about like strength and they certainly don't talk about like functional strength. Um, and just in terms of like, okay, well, what are you, what are you doing to make yourself more uh, capable? How are you pushing yourself in order to develop strength to do something else that's not just focused on looking a certain way? Yeah. And I would like to add that when you say to witness the journey, like you mean that very literally, Jarrell stands. Mm lot of finish lines and a lot of various weather patterns um Mm. and has not told me to go screw myself yet which (laughs) very surprising but yeah and I think that that's a really something that I never thought about until I started talking to other people Mm. because that was always my perspective like when I say nutrition is planned around running like I don't eat minimally I eat a lot of food and even on Friday, I woke up. So the reason I said earlier, this is an interesting week is because it's my peak week for half marathon that I'm training for in a few weeks, which basically means it's the most amount of miles in the in a week. Mm-hmm. And I woke up on Friday, just like wanting to eat a loaf of bread. Like I just wanted to sit <laughs> eat bread. And I normally get a bagel on Friday because when I walk back from Soul Cycle, you pass like every imaginable good food in like four blocks. It's absurd. <laughs> But so I ate that and usually like I'm good and I really wasn't. And, you know, then I, when I was walking to a yoga class later that day, I was like, man, like I still want to eat a loaf of bread. And on the way back, I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm eating what I want. And I got pizza and then I walked a couple blocks <laughs> up and I got matcha and a black bean brownie, which if you live in the, <sighs> no, the matcha cafe that opened on the Upper West Side yeah. has, and I don't even know if I'm saying that right but has black bean brownies. And I don't know if it was just that day, but oh my God, it was mm. the best thing ever. It's on my list of things to try and make. They're so good. You should yeah. make them today and bring them tomorrow <laughs> immediately to work. 
but yeah, I, I don't think of it in terms of like, oh, I have to limit my calories and like how many calories am I burning running? The only time that matters is to make sure that like I'm not going to pass out from starvation yeah. and refueling. But yeah, I never really thought of it as, you know, focusing on what you're losing rather than what you're gaining until I talk to other people. And I'm like, man, like this is such a not great perspective. Like this isn't fun. Mm. How do you have fun with it? If you're focused on what you need to lose rather than what you need to get out of it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I think that a lot of us, I don't know. I was, I was talking about this in the context, I think of mostly mental health with a client recently, but we often think about things in terms of what we're losing. Like, right. oh, this thing is bad because I'm losing this. And I'm like, well, what if you looked at what you're gaining? You always gain something. And sometimes that's really hard to see, like in the moment, right? Because if you don't feel so great in the moment, it's like, oh, well, like now I'm, now I'm, now I'm in pain or whether that's physical or emotional. Um, and it's hard, to, it's, it's hard to really think about like, what am I gaining from this experience? Like, why do I keep investing in it? Like there must be something I'm working towards or that I'm gaining from it. And we don't often ask ourselves that, I don't think. Yeah, and I think it's just the perspective that I was lucky to always have on fitness is that it comes from a place of I really want to do it. Like I gained something that I had been missing for several years when I started running is that that sense of accomplishment and challenging myself. Mm -hmm. Like I had had that for so long growing up and it's such a huge part of what makes me feel good. And I think unfortunately so many people don't have that about fitness, whether that's mm -hmm getting better at yoga or, you know, on flywheel, which is a spin class that like keeps track of like how well you're doing in comparison to others, which I've never tried because mm. I don't need more of that in my life. Yeah, yeah. Even just something like that or orange theory tracks your results also. And just feeling yourself progress. Like people are just always so focused on it's this thing they have to do so they don't you know, gain weight or they can eat certain things. It's like, man, that just doesn't sound enjoyable. And moving your body is fun. Like it's a good, it's fun when you're a little kid, people, kids run crazy all over the park or, you know, want to play tag for hours on end. And I promise I did something other than run when I was a kid, but like, <laughs> I can't think of anything else right now, but <laughs> just we lose that. And I think that's just sad because very similarly to what you said. Also, if you just focus on something good that you're doing for yourself the rest of the stuff follows yeah you'll, you'll be healthy you'll maintain the weight you your body is meant to maintain you'll feel better you'll enjoy yourself it won't be a struggle to get out the door but like we just have to shift perspective yeah well and so as you were talking about your experience and your background with this i was just thinking you know because you obviously come from like a household in which you know, there was always talk of activity and movement and there are a lot of like options. And so you had that encouragement early on. Well, I guess if there are people that come to you um, that are trying to be more active and didn't come from that background, like, what do you say to people? What do you, how do you encourage people um, to get moving more? I think the first thing is to make it fun. Mm. If you Everybody hears and tries workout classes based on, and people have to stop talking about it this way, but based on how many calories it burns. Like, oh, this is mm -hmm. like the fastest burning, oh, stop. Because you don't care. Like you care in theory, 
But when you, when it means you have to get yourself out of bed earlier or go after work or go to a workout class rather than hang out with friends, like that's not getting you there. You have to have it be fun. You know, people have said to me, oh, it's such a sacrifice that you, you know, spend all this time running and go to bed early on Friday and Saturday nights. Like I went to bed at 10 o'clock last night and I'm like, not Mm -hmm. even sorry, today is Sunday as we're recording this. So people have like some type of reference. (laughs) Yes, there are definitely times where it's hard. And like, don't get me wrong this morning, I literally was like, this invisible person version of me was dragging myself out of the house. But nine times out of 10, I want to. It's not like a thing where I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. I want to make that sacrifice. Like I want to wake up at five o'clock in the morning in the summer and go run as horrible as that is in the moment. (laughs) That's, I think the first step is you have to make it enjoyable and you have to make it fun. And I think that goes back to what you said in knowing that it's okay if something isn't for you. You know, waking up to run on a Saturday and Sunday morning isn't for everyone right it's not for everyone to spend you know hours training for a particular race and doing strength training and you know making sure you're eating right and doing cross training to get a race goal like that's for me but it's not for everyone and that's okay you can still run without it being that crazy you don't have to run at all you can take yoga you can take pilates you can take bar like you can just walk around your block it's fine if certain things are not for you, but the number one thing is that you have to enjoy doing it because you don't actually have to. It's not like there are crazy consequences if you randomly start going to work, stop going to work. It's not like paying taxes where like at some point that'll become a problem. It's a, it'll be a problem way, way down the line, Mm. but, or maybe sooner for some people, but sometimes we don't think that way. So like you don't actually have to, so it needs to be fun and enjoyable and something that at least to some extent, most of the time you're looking forward to doing. Yeah. And I think, so just, if I look back on my own experience of the times where I was like most active, like, especially when I was younger, um, like I said, I was, uh, like into like, you know, creative and performing arts. And so I had the most fun when I was doing something that was like connected to music or performing. So whether that was like, marching band or choir yes i was both a band and a chorus nerd i guess um girl can like, sing by the way <laughs> wants to like you know shoot him an email and like request singing on a future podcast episode i'll totally support that don't don't do that uh, <laughs> but like i i just think about those like those are the times where i like had the most fun and so when you're talking about fun i was thinking about oh yeah like it would be so it's so fun to do things like that, to like, I don't know, learn choreography for dancing in a play or um, even singing, which people don't think of as like a physical exercise is really involved. And so like, even for people who uh, don't want to go into these like traditional ways of like exercising or moving or like engaging their bodies, like there might be other things that could be really fun that you haven't thought about, like taking singing lessons, like doing these other things that, you know, could be just fun and don't focus on, um, you know, like looking or being a certain way. So I don't know. Yeah, it just, it's so hard to, because, you know, every people have particular 
I don't even want to call them weight loss goals, but like body image goals. Yeah, for sure. So it's just often so wrong. Like I don't, and some people will look at me and disagree, but I don't look like a runner. Mm. Um, and it, I, I just don't care because it doesn't matter because there are people who, you know, you go watch a marathon and there are people who, if you saw them on the train, do not look like they should quote unquote be running. And 100%. yet they're finish lines of marathons. And yeah. A lot of them are doing it very quickly. Right. And so you don't have to look a certain way to be active and to be healthy and to be fit. So if that's the goal that you're having and that's where your motivation is coming from, like I encourage people to ask why. Mm-hmm. Because if you're maintaining a ha- healthy lifestyle, you're eating well, whatever that means for you, and you're moving your body and you're taking care of yourself, any excess anything including weight will take care of itself. Mm. And so if you're not satisfied with that, it's not about health and wellness anymore. And then Mm -hmm. I ask like, well, why are you trying to look that way? Like, why not look your way? Because your body can do just as many things as somebody else's that looks a different way. And we gotta, we've done better, but we have to continue to break that idea that like a healthy or good body looks a certain way. Cause it's much more about your lifestyle and routine than anything else, you know? And of course there's uh, like extreme ends of the spectrum that are problematic, but for the majority of people, you know, it doesn't necessarily look a certain way. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that's been most striking to me by watching races is, you know, I, I definitely had a stereotype of what a runner looks like. And because I think, you know, most of the elite runners have a very specific body type and but then you go to these races and there's so many in new york city rachel runs 90 percent of them that <laughs> you go you go to these races and you see i see people that are like way bigger than me like on the marathon course and i'm like what the hell's uh, so one of the things that goes through my mind is like what the hell's wrong with me and then two um like that's amazing and it's just, and it really does go to show you that like it, health and wellness is about like doing what works for you. It's about not necessarily, you don't have to be focused on what your body looks like um, and your body can do amazing things. And it depends on what you want to do with it, how you want to challenge yourself, what lifestyle you want to live and what you feel is like valuable. And it's just, it is so cool to, you know, see that range of people um, in spaces like races, because I just never thought that was the case. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing too, when, you know, I'll be on a race course and see there are people passing me with, you know, one leg and they're Mm -hmm. prosthetic or they have a full firefighters uniform on themselves right and they're running for a cause or i pass somebody not that long ago who's missing an arm and i'm like okay so i'm gonna stop complaining now like i'm fine <laughs> and you just realize like it's just a you need to have a different reason other than you know, weight loss or looking however you want to look or trying to fit in and do the cool workout classes like no you need to do it for you and so whatever that is that works for you that's what you do yeah. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. But yeah, so I hope you all who are listening can see the wide range. Um, like I said, Jarella and I are on, although at the same events, because you are an excellent spectator and bag holder. Thank uh, you. 
So we're the, but that's almost even symbolic of that, like every single person can have a space in the wellness world. It just looks particularly different. Like mm-hmm. how Gerald gets his walks in is sometimes the start line is not at the same place as the finish. Right. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But, and yeah, we just kind of wanted to be real with everybody that, you know, we go through our own wellness journeys also. Like I know for me, I'm really, really trying to get better at um, owning what I need in order to be okay. Like if I need a day where I'm not doing anything because I am tired from, you know, whatever training has happened that week, or like I need to eat at a certain time because I'm going to pass out if I don't like owning that and asking for that. Um, and not feeling like I have to deviate from that just because, you know, it's out of the ordinary for most people. Mm-hmm. And I think we just want to be real that, you know, you who are listening are probably working on something and so are we. Yeah. And I, I also just want to add like a brief point, um, to the idea of like, uh, just owning what you need and, and that sort of thing, because it was a conversation uh, I was thinking about our previous conversation about introversion and extroversion. And, and so for me, podcast for anyone who has not listened, that would be episode three. This is yeah. episode four. Yeah, I think so. so episode <laughs> three, go listen. Yeah. So we talk about introversion and extroversion and I am um, a pretty solid introvert. And so for me, it's like, it's a really good example of how like the mind and body are connected because at the end of a work week, like I'm almost out of commission on like a Friday evening. And so I almost always go to sleep pretty early because I'm like, my energy is zapped and, and that sort of thing. And I used to not like that about myself because I'd be, I'd be like, well, you know, I should be going to happy hour. I need to be out and like doing all these things. And I just realized that like, no, but this is my body is telling me what I need. My body and my mind are tired and it's okay to take that space to rest more and rejuvenate so that, you know, for me, so that I could have some other things to do for like the weekend. I could spend time with people on Saturday and not have to completely, um, you know, create my own space just to recharge. Like I can do, it enables me to do other things. And so I think, yeah, it's about like finding what works for you, being mindful about, you know, where you're at. And, you know, it's always good to try and be conscious of that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's kind of a really big takeaway message as we end is just the idea of um, listen to your body and do what works for you even if it's not what everyone else around you may or may not be doing. A hundred percent. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, This for, you know, to this episode where we're talking about our own personal journeys with wellness. I'm sure that as time goes on, you'll hear more about our day-to-day stuff. And obviously as we speak to other people, we will learn more about their own experiences with wellness. Um, if you'd like to keep up with us, you can do so on almost all social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Viva Wellness NYC. Um, we both have our own sort of social media handles, which you can follow us on that are just our names. So like at Drell Carabello, at Rachel Gersten. Um, yeah, and please follow and read our blog at vivawellnessblog.com. So there's a lot of good content there about 
all things wellness. You know, we talk about mental health, physical health, nutrition, movement, relationships. It's got everything. So uh, we'll hope that you'll check us out there and we will, I guess, see you next time. Yeah, and that's a lot of information. So we'll <laughs> all in the show notes for you. Yes. Um, and if you get a chance, we would really appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes so more people can find us. And for you to just make us feel really good about yes. ourselves, we really like positive feedback. <laughs> yes. We'll smile and be really happy. And we'll read it to Nomi, who is our cute little therapy dog. And she'll be really happy. And don't you want to make a cute little puppy happy? So if you have a second, please do that. Thank you from us and Nomi. <laughs> Pimping out the dog. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good to me. All right. So we'll see you next time. <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Bye.